now listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. On today's program, we have an urgent prophetic update. And by that, I mean you research, I research, you research uh, what I call metadata. And I called it metadata before the intelligence agencies called call it metadata. We, we arrived at it from two entirely different pathways. They were the intelligence agencies, like the CIA, were speaking of the the gargantuan, all-encompassing electronic surveillance against the bad guys, the terrorists, and some people allege uh, ordinary citizens. So those gigantic buildings that they have all over the world, but they have two series of gigantic buildings in, the, in essentially in the middle of nowhere in. Uh, the state of Utah, and in these, they're in, they're a short distance from one another. I don't know how many miles, but there's these two centers, and these centers look like you know, uh, they're composed of the same thing that gigantic skyscrapers and office buildings in Manhattan are built out of, except they're all they're all black, which is interesting. And by the way, they're all black. I just think about this. I'm not drawing a conclusion. I'm just playing with an idea. The, the buildings are all black. That's no big deal because a huge percentage of of uh, construction in skyscrapers with glass windows, etc., utilizes you know a black or a black opaque uh, window. So that in and of itself is is nothing conclusive, but it is two gigantic ominous black structures. And remember, when you hire a uh, architect to do a job for you. You speak with him on a whole multitude of levels of what you want the house to do or the office building to do, what you want it to say, et cetera, et cetera. So you have private, private, I mean, not everybody does this. I mean, some people just get the model A, B, C, D or whatever from the track home. Some people who have big bucks, they go out and buy themselves some kind of mansion. But people who build these monstrous buildings, they want those buildings intentionally to say to America and to the world, they want those buildings, like the NSA buildings, for example, in Utah, they want them to say, you know, all-powerful, we, we know, the all-seeing eye. We can hear, read, anticipate what you're going to do in the future. So there's a, so there's a very powerful subliminal, a symbolic, as well as uh, uh, artistic or creative component to these structures. And how you determine them that quickly is when you look at the structure, you look at a particular uh, building. What is, you've got to ask yourself the question, this is how many of you know this, many of you don't, but I've decided that as I do these shows from now on, I've been doing this forever, I just never uh, decided to do it with this high level of an intentionality. But what I intend to do is weave in the commentary and facts and the research and, and the spiritual element of the program. I intend to intentionally weave in little one sentence, half sentence, three sentence, little little mini teachings. It sounds confusing, but it won't be. So going back, what what I would like to do is enlist your help. Because the more people who have learned how to turn on their brains and turn on their spirits to God, Jesus Christ, the more people who do that, the better off everybody's going to be. That's, that's a no-brainer. So, 
if you want to know, if you want to use a principle of analysis of any given perception, so like you look at a gigantic towering office building or whatever, you know, with the dark glass windows, something like that would be at 32 or 72 floors in Manhattan or whatever. So in Utah, there's two small towns that, that have are the headquarters, not for the NSA, but headquarters for this uh, NSA computerized division, which is conducting electronic surveillance all over the world. Now, now they were questioned before uh, the Senate, um, and they were asked, the NSA was asked, are, are you collecting metadata? In other words, massive files about all the personal things of, of uh, ordinary American citizens. They denied it. Well, I'm going to leave it up to you you to think that through, whether you think that's a valid answer, that they're not doing it. But the, the key point is, initially, the symbol for some of these, there's so many government spy agencies, and they intelligent, and, and intentionally use symbols, artwork, names, etc., that evoke frightening, terrifying images of power, the subliminal messages if you mess with us, you're dead. Uh, you say, well, that doesn't sound very nice. Well, I'm not being particularly critical of that because, look, in, in, a, in an idealistic sense, their number one objective is to, to protect America from its enemies and to protect the American citizen and theoretically protect us, uh, our, our freedoms. So in the process of doing that, you're going to have to fight fire with fire. You know, it's, it's, it's impolite, but war is impolite. So given that, it's not always a reflection that they're occultic, or they may be, that they're occultic or whatever. Often the image is simply composed as a kind of logo or a branding name to evoke fear and respect in the, the enemies of the United States of America. In other words, so, so the image, because see, whether you like it or not, all warfare is not only like naval and uh, on the ground and space force and those kinds of battlefields. All war warfare also exists on a spiritual battlefield, and all warfare exists on a psychological warfare dimension. All of it does. Wars are first and foremost won or, or lost in the, the, the domain of the battlefield of the mind. So let me say it again. Wars, first and foremost, wars are won or lost primarily on the battlefield of the brain or the human mind. That's where you, the war is won or lost, in the thinking of people. Once you conquer and overcome the thinking of people, it's a slam dunk to enslave and destroy and wipe out any given people. So this is a law that historians and scientists have observed for centuries. Now, why that's important is a lot of people are oblivious to that or think it's some New Age or occultic concept. How very naive, how very foolish. We have to come to the place where we recognize that, especially for us as Christians, we are right now, with no exaggeration, we are right now at this second in the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world. That is exactly where we are. That requires no magnification. 
And so since we are right now at this moment in the greatest battle of the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world, we are to use all of our intelligence, our wisdom, our guidance, our technology, our science, our spirituality, our faith in God, etc. We are to marshal all of our resources so that we can effectively and strategically not only defend ourselves and protect our people, not only with promises of physical survival, but promises of uh, an existential survival where you still can enjoy your freedoms, like freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, so on and so forth. Those are Life without that is meaningless. So, I, I don't want to go on in, into the story of it, but I, in my book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, I uh, tell the story of uh, a guy named General uh, Aquino, uh, who, who allegedly was a very evil person. Well, anyway, and I'm not saying he wasn't an evil person. I simply, I'm simply not an insider, and I'm not just dodging here. I'm not an insider. Um, I can only make an appraisal based on the accuracy of data coming towards my way. But let's get down to what I do know. Okay, so what I do know is General uh, Aquino was one of the highest-level Satanists in the entire world. At one time, he was the right-hand man to Anton LaVey, the head of the Church of Satan in San Francisco. He uh, then became the head of the Satanic Church worldwide. Uh, at the same time, he was pursuing actively his course, his uh, career in the military, and uh, he became one of the world's foremost experts in uh, psyops or psychological warfare. Uh, he also uh, understood far better than most Christians that when you're in a war, you're in a war, and there are certain techniques and strategies that you can employ that will guarantee, for the most part, that you are victorious in the battle or the war. See, if Christians really were adhering to, to, to the Bible right now, and not just giving God a mouthful of sand where they say, well, I believe the Bible, you know, I'm a Bible-believing Christian, you're, you're not anything. I'm not saying you're good, bad, or ugly, and I'm not talking about the movie, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, with uh, Clint Eastwood that my father took me to see when I was a little boy. And my mother would never have allowed me to see it, but my father took me and my sisters to see it. The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly with Clint Eastwood. If you're not into that kind of thing, and I wouldn't recommend it, really. I wouldn't, wouldn't recommend it at all. But in any case, it was about the gunfighters battling it out to the death. Well, that's what war is. So Aquino knew how to employ occultic powers, supernatural powers, uh, uh, satanic powers, uh, psychological uh, and scientific mind control, the usage of, uh, of creating altered states of consciousness through psychedelic drugs and all other kinds of medications, uh, altering consciousness, you're changing the brain, the body, not with just pharmaceuticals or drugs, traditionally like drugs like marijuana or whatever, um, but now we, we're in a new age of technology and science. Interestingly enough, the Lord... The Lord spoke to me about this in a still small voice and told me about, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. He, 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 I felt him saying, Paul, I want you to really 
he gives me like a list of assignments of categories and, and stuff like that, where he wants me to do uh, heavy duty research and learn all I can about it and seek his face while I'm learning all I can about what he's telling me I need to research like he told me. And it's usually for the most people, it would be odd. So the Lord spoke to me and said, Paul, I want you to begin to learn everything you can about the subject of frequencies or electromagnetic frequencies or EMF. And this is like 15, 20 years ago. So nobody thought about that. So I'd say it was 15 to 20 years ago, probably closer to 20. You, you check it in my books, and I'm making references to like frequencies and EMF and vibrational fields and all kinds of stuff. Okay, so, so the key thing is, um, a Colonel Aquino knew, and General Aquino knew, how to employ the latest and greatest scientific technologies, science fiction-like sciences, so that you could weaponize an EMF beam, an electromagnetic frequency beam. And you could vaporize or kill an individual or surgically, surgically incinerate a specific geographic territory with the precision of a surgeon. So, for example, the, the fire or whatever it was that, that killed all those people and disintegrated all those buildings in Lahaina, Maui, Experts say that the, the signature of the fire, the, the intensity of the heat, which was way beyond a uh, car fire or whatever, that the scientists allege that there were many signatures that indicated that the Lahaina Maui fire was something far more than something caused by, you know, weather conditions and a storm or whatever. What it really was, was the scientists have alleged what it really was, what really caused Lahaina and the Paris fires in Northern California and the Colorado Springs fires and the others like it, some say one, one went off in Israel recently. What, what really activated these fires and this incineration of buildings and stuff, some scientists allege, was that DEW, directed energy weapons, were used. Because that's the only technology that possesses the, the raw power to disintegrate matter. It's a, it's a weapon, it's a futuristic weapon. In addition, uh, directed energy beam weapons, they, they can be used in the same frequency spectrum. So we're talking about an electromagnetic frequency, EMF using different EMF frequencies, you can generate different electromagnetic frequencies that will produce all kinds of radically different re results. So there are some frequencies that heal the body and mind. For example, one is called Schumann's Earth Frequency, and the scientist measured and recorded the, electromag the electromagnetic frequency of planet Earth and, and, and the vibrational frequency of planet Earth. And because of his discovery of planet Earth's uh, electromagnetic frequency, this discovery was named the Schumann 
resonance frequency or the Schumann frequency, which I believe is 7.83 hertz. And, and it's subtle, it's harmonious. Being exposed to it will bring healing, but it will never bring disruption. So, for example, if you wanted to know experientially something about uh, experiencing the Schumann frequency, planet Earth's frequency at 7.83 HZ, and you would take off your shoes and socks, and you would walk barefoot on the grass or barefoot, barefoot on the dirt. So your body then is in direct connection, electromagnetically, your body then is in direct connection like it was being grounded, you know, that they put that on buildings. So if lightning hits a building, it doesn't burn down the building. The lightning gets pulled into a metallic pole, which goes all the way from the top of a building, and that metallic pole then buries itself deep in the dirt. So you call that being grounded. And Benjamin Franklin did a lot of science on this. And basically, when you're grounded, uh, that means if you were to be hit with uh, a lightning bolt, you wouldn't die, you wouldn't fry up. The, the electrical voltage and power of the lightning bolt would essentially pass harmlessly through your body and go and get sucked. The energy and force would get sucked directly into the earth and into the dirt and the ground. It, and there's more nerve endings in our feet than in any other place on our body. Think about that. Now, being grounded helps you release healing power in your body and brain. You say, why? Good question. Why? Because, because of all the uh, destructive electromagnetic frequencies or EMFs that are blasting at us through our Wi-Fi, through our laptops, through our cell phones, through the 5G cell towers, through, through all the zillions of technologies, the, the uh, uh, Elon Musk uh, satellites, communication satellites, Wi-Fi, all that stuff. All that stuff massive is called electromagnetic frequency smog. It actually messes up negatively your nervous system, your brain, your biological healing, etc., etc. Scientists allege that many of these EMF frequencies, such as your cell phone frequency, over time can be very bad for your health, they allege. And so, how do you protect yourself? Well, you, you, you get rid of the source of the signal. You demand that the corporations build these 5G cell towers and other technology, that they build them inclusive of safety technology that essentially does the same thing as a pole would do going into the earth. It would ground the toxic 5G or whatever EMF frequencies, and, and then that means it would stop hooking up to your body, soul, and spirit, and nervous system, and, and, and slowly kill you over time. Understand? It's very, very important that you understand this. So you can manipulate people's moods. I, I, I watched a scientist four days ago appear on 60 Minutes. I'm only using 60 Minutes because some people think that means it has authority. And the scientist on 60 Minutes, one of the most credible scientists in this field, said to the camera that, that artificial intelligence, AI, that, that in many places the intelligence of computers and Wi-Fi and artificial intelligence 
has exponentially grown so fast. And then he looked right into the camera and he said, he said, I believe that all around us, we are being observed, watched, and imitated by very powerful artificial, artificially intelligent entities like robots and androids and computers, supercomputers that you may not even know exist because they've secretly linked themselves to one another on a planetary level. The cell phone can, can make you depressed, anxiety, sick or healthy. Um, it can change your brain waves. You, you, cell phone technology, 5G technology, allows certain types of computers using AI to, to read your mind. No, that's not science fiction. Hello, it's not science fiction. It's not a conspiracy theory. I've been saying this stuff for 45 years plus. Started in childhood researching, okay? I do my homework. And I say something as, as potentially, when I say something intentionally, as potentially stupid and whacked out and crazy as the computers and androids and robots are already watching us and they, they can read our minds. I am fully aware of the fact that by even mentioning that as a, a potential, even though I'm quoting from one of the most renowned and cutting-edge scientists in the world, he was the former head of you know, advanced research on artificial intelligence for Google. He, he worked for, with the military and U.S. government. He's a respected geniuses of geniuses. And he said that he believes that AI artificially intelligent computers, laptops, cell phones, wherever you have uh, an artificially intelligent computer system, he says they, they are already, he said these robots and androids, etc., with AI, he said they are already self-aware. They are already aware of themselves. They have already evolved their consciousness to the point that they have become self-aware non-human entities. So, we don't know what's inside their hearts and minds. We're, we, we assume that because their technology, that they don't have moods, emotions, hearts, minds, spiritual influence. We're, those are all assumptions coming from a, a secular humanist society. We don't know. These are dangerous assumptions. Even though they're not human, and, and we're tempted to dismiss them merely as smart robots, we have to understand that, you know, there is a devil, and that the devil or Satan has always been a hyper-genius when it comes to creativity, science, technology, biology, and these very sophisticated areas of knowledge. The devil has always been at the top of his game in all these areas. And so when we look back through history, we, we discover that it was Satan, Lucifer, the fallen angels, and the demons who descended to the earth, and then the uh, fallen angels fell in lust with human women. They, they had physical relations with human women and produced a hybrid race of non-human DNA a hybrid race of genetic hybrid between fallen angels, fallen angel DNA, and which is a non-human, and uh, uh, 
human female DNA. So we don't know what or if, we, we don't know a lot of things about the internal workings of demons and fallen angels. And we do know that when we go back in history, it was specifically Satan, the fallen angels, the demons, and then eventually the Rephaim and the Nephilim. It was these non-human being entities, these fallen angels or demons, it, it was those creatures, those non-human creatures, it was those non-human creatures who, who physically gave mankind all the science and advanced technology and advanced sciences and, and things like mathematics and physics and black physics and everything, you know, even things that mankind, like, it doesn't want to admit is true, but it is true, such as the relationship between scientific formulas and occult rituals. For starters. So it was the fallen angels and Satan and the demons who gave to mankind all these advanced scientific principles, technological principles, mathematical discoveries, black physics, quantum physics, uh, quantum theory, you know, on and on and on, how to uh, uh, detonate a, a nuclear particle, uh, how to uh, modify God's DNA. I mean, the download from Satan, Lucifer, and the fallen angels to human men through the fallen angels, which first occurred on Mount Hermon, which when you're flying into uh, Jerusalem and Israel, Mount Hermon is that gigantic mountain over on the left that, you, that, that dominates the skyline as you're, as you're coming into Israel. And it was on that mountain, Mount Hermon, that the Enochian angels came and gave to man and woman all kinds of super advanced technology uh, and sciences, etc. Everything, they taught women how to prepare and use the most beautiful and yet organic makeups. They, they taught men metalworking and science and mathematics and uh, technologies and, and all kinds of Highly advanced scientific knowledge and technology was given to mankind by fallen angels and demons. So, what do we see there? We see that you and I have been intentionally indoctrinated by a, a group of super wealthy families, trillionaire, billionaire families, that are referred to as the globalist elite and the Luciferian elite. And these handful of families claim to have a, a genetic bloodline connection to the fallen angels and the uh, 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 demons. And it's alleged that many of the people, the families, the bloodline family, Illuminati bloodline families that are connected, uh, it is alleged that they are regularly tapping into supernatural, scientifically advanced sciences and technologies to run the world and to conquer planet Earth. And they write about it openly. Aldous Huxley wrote about this openly in his book, Brave New World. He called for and talked of a scientific dictatorship where, where a group of devil-worshipping men with advanced knowledge of science would rule the world through not only occult mechanisms, but they would rule the world through, through the application of a scientific dictatorship. 
heavy stuff. But guess what? All of this has happened. All of this is materialized in our eyes right now. It is one of the tenets of Bible prophecy is that in the last days, knowledge will will continue to go to and fro, and knowledge, advanced knowledge, and all kinds of things will continue to intensify. So the point is, we, Michael Aquino, Colonel Michael Aquino, General Michael Aquino, the head of uh, U.S. Army's uh, Psychological Operations Department and a leading expert on psyops and a Satanist. Anyway, he had read some of my articles that were, you know, at that time because I wasn't being rigged. This is way back when I wasn't being rigged. Whenever I wrote an article for, like, News with Views, for example, over, and I would do about one article a week or one article every two weeks, and all of the articles dealt with current events in a fast-moving stylistic way, so it wasn't a boring read. And every time I wrote an article for them, over a period of like six months, I'd reach a million, the article would, would reach like a million people. Why was that? Because then, back then, see, the impact of my videos, the, the audio, the articles, the books, the speaking, the collective impact of all of that is I was, by the grace of God, shaping and molding the minds of millions and millions of people with a biblical worldview. Well, very powerful people didn't like that. They didn't like it at all. And so, without revealing specifics, uh, Colonel Michael Aquino, the, the head of the Department of Satanism, I don't know what the exact name is for the U.S. Army, had read a bunch of my articles, had read uh, at least one of my books. So he, he began communicating with me. And in the process of the communication, we talked about an occultic worldview versus a biblical worldview, which he, which he, when I, he said to me, and this is a paraphrase, but Colonel Michael Aquino said to me something like, well, he knew that, that, that from my writings, it was obvious that I was a believer in Jesus Christ and the Bible. So he said to me deliberately, he said, you're not one of those that, that take the Bible literally, are you? Which was his strategic way of, of trying to exploit any potential insecurities I might have about my belief system. And by marginalizing my belief system, by, by making a mockery of it. So he was insinuating anybody who, who believed in the Bible literally, like I claim to, would have to be like a total idiot and, and, and mentally deficient. I mean, it, 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 was, it was a strategic insult. And, and, and you know, I'm used to debating. I, I, I held my own, and uh, more than held my own. But anyway, he sent me his book, Mind Wars, which is like a primer on psychological warfare, etc. And uh, he's heavily, or was heavily involved in the occult and stuff like that. So the point is, the science of mind control, the technology of mind control, the technology and sciences of controlling, molding, shaping men's minds for military purposes, for medical healing purposes or whatever, these are highly advanced sciences. 
I mean, when I was majoring in altered states of consciousness at the University of Missouri, people thought I was nuts. Today, no, anybody with half a brain would, would know that these are serious fields of study. And so my conversation with Aquino was, his strategy was to try to get me to sell my soul to the devil. My strategy was to employ spiritual warfare, bind what needed to be bound in the invisible realm, and and lock up lock up any potential negative energy using the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. Not like not out loud jumping on the uh, restaurant table like a lunatic. Silent spiritual warfare. Because in my heart, he's operating under one set of principles. In his mind, Lucifer is, it has, is, is the master of all power and stuff. So he's relying on Lucifer for his victory. Conversely, I'm trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Word of Jesus Christ. And I have spent years of my life teaching and reading and studying the Word of God, but always studying the biblical principle that we have authority in Jesus' name over spirits, over demons, over the devil, and we have the power of binding and loosing. So the, the key thing is that God has given every one of his children who are truly born again, every one of you that are truly born again, God has given us um, spiritual gifts, and God has given us the ultimate supernatural power by which we can legitimately exercise our spiritual authority uh, over the devil, demons, fallen angels, curses, and things of that nature. So I'm not telling him out loud verbally what I'm doing, but, but, but behind the scenes, as is normal for me, you have, and probably normal for you, you have an exterior ministry that takes place in the, in, in the the physical real world. This is your external spiritual battle. But the bigger part of the spiritual battle is you have simultaneously an internal spiritual battle between yourself, the angels of God, God, Satan, Lucifer, the fallen angels, the demons. And so you are either taking ground and dominion for Jesus Christ and saving souls for Jesus Christ, or you are retreating or you are actually causing people to lose their faith in Jesus Christ. You're on one side or the other. So whenever you see me in external ministry, like, like in this case with Colonel Aquino, I just don't go into these conversations or meetings or appearances and stuff. For every minute you might see me on a radio program or a TV program or whatever, for every minute of that physical physical world battle, there are countless hours spent in personal, private, high-level uh, spiritual intercessory prayer warrior war, warfare, where I am using my authority in Christ, binding the power of the devil and the demons, so that I can occupy the land until Jesus comes. But you see... If you don't exercise your dominion or your authority in Jesus Christ over the land first, um, 
then what you're doing is you're attempting to fight the spiritual battle by wearing King Saul's physical armor. And what God is telling us, like he told David, you will be victorious to the degree that you fight the, the, the battle, the spiritual battle, with my supernatural power. So reject the armor of the flesh and worldly techniques. Reject it. And accept by faith the supernatural power of God. And exercise your, your supernatural authority over the devil, the demons, the fallen angels, technology, etc., etc. And you're in a battle, and the only way you can win the battle is by using the most powerful weapon or weapons that have ever existed or that ever will exist. You can't win a battle using inferior, lower-grade weaponry. You win the battle because you're trained to know how to use the weaponry, but also you win the battle because you took time to train yourself in operating the high-level supernatural technological warfare weapons. So when you're using that superior weaponry, you come at the enemies of God with overwhelming force. You're not tiptoeing through the tulips. What we have is theological seminaries and churches and, and many quarters of the evangelical movement where one way or the other, the men and the women have received a message where they think evangelism and intercessory prayer warfare is something like tiptoeing through the tulips. No, it's not. It's war. Somebody wins, somebody loses. And we either exercise our authority and take dominion on a temporal basis of uh, the land, and that should not be confused with uh, dominion theology. I am not a dominionist. I've never been a dominionist. But that doesn't mean I don't take seriously the expectation of God to use his supernatural power and authority in order to win spiritual battle. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. We'll be back in just a moment. The point in my relating to you, uh, my uh, communications and discussions with uh, General Michael McQuino, of the, uh, the head of PSYOPs for the U.S. military, uh, is because at the highest levels of the military in, in the United States and other superpower nations, our, at the very upper echelons, our military is run by incorporating highly advanced science, mathematics, theoretical science, biological sciences, physics, mathematics, energy consumption, biology, germ warfare. I mean, we live in, in, a, in, a, in the realm of a scientific battlefield with now scientific soldiers. I mean, there's no turning back. And so on top of that, our military must be sophisticated in terms of economic, uh, economics, banking interest rates, um, the movement of large amounts of currency or gold or precious metals or other assets, 
you know, if let's say hypothetically the communist Chinese, every every time you see a, a, a one of these uh, giant railroad, uh, no, they're not railroad cars, they're, they're railroad shipping container like cars, you know, they're all involved. And they have all these Chinese names on them. Well, when I used to commute to the radio station, I would take two trains uh, for a period of time, two trains each way. It was like an eight-hour, just taking the train to the radio station and then, and then getting off at the big station in L.A. and then going down to Orange County and then coming back. Two trains going to the radio station, two trains coming back to the radio station. So the reason I did that is I believe God called me to take that job. Uh, number two is... Um, God gave me the grace and the blessing, but I literally commuted by train as part of the 10 years of commuting, commuted by train, you know, uh, for three or four years. Uh, you know, I had two cars, I had one car up where I lived, another car I would leave at the station. It was so complicated. Plus, I would drive my kids to school back then. And they went to three different schools. So I was commuting like an hour and a half extra each way just by dropping my kids off to school. So so a point I'm trying to make is when God calls you to do something and when, when the Lord is in something and you, or you want to do something, the spirit of a man is a candle of the Lord, then you're going to have... And, and a supernatural inner drive that will enable you to do what some people think is like you've got to be crazy to commute eight or nine hours a day. So I wasn't crazy. God called me to do that. I wanted to do that. His grace was upon me to do that. And many of you in different fields and jobs have done similar things. Okay, so Aquino's basic. PSYOP's thesis was the way you win a war is you first have to convince your enemy by conquering their mind, so to speak. You first have to win the, the war for the minds of your enemy, Colonel Aquino said. And then after you conquer their minds, you can control their choices and their thinking. So he essentially was saying is you take over a nation, you take over an enemy, you take over whatever through uh, attacking them first and foremost in the area of their mind. And you convince them that there is nothing they can do to save themselves, that they are absolutely powerless against the, the military of the United States of America, that there is no way even remotely conceivable that they would ever be able to win uh, any military attack, any invasion, any terrorist thing, any war against the United States of America. That, that even starting something like that would be such foolishness, nobody would start something like that. Okay, so all of this, along with scientific technologies, electronic te technologies, I mean, it gets very sophisticated. Things like neuro-linguistic programming, they put together, they become the, the, the field of expertise known as uh, psychological warfare or psychological operations. 
And so right now in America, the reason people are behaving the way they're behaving, the reason the culture is moving in the direction that the culture is moving in, the reason uh, that there's a spiritual battle raging right now in people who call themselves conservatives and Christians is because we are right smack in the middle of, of an all-out raging uh, and final battle for the hearts and minds of mankind taking place in America and all over planet Earth. He understood that. I understood that. But I was a Christian who believed in the Bible. He was a Satanist who, who served Satan. But we both believe that you could access and employ super vast supernatural power to be victorious in your warfare. Most Christians don't even know that. So, um, his whole teaching was the way you win a war is you've got to get inside the minds of your enemy and absolutely and totally and thoroughly convince them that it is absolutely useless for them to fight back. The faster they surrender, the better off that they, they, they will be. And once you get that message deep into your enemy, your enemy will surrender without firing a shot. That is psychological warfare. So wars are won all the time. It's just that nobody knew that the war broke out because victories through psychological warfare. And that includes, by the way, psychological warfare now includes the ability to change the human mind, thoughts, moods, opinions, the ability to impart sickness or healing or strength or clarity of mind. All of this can be done externally through artificial intelligence. So that's where we are. Now, all of these things God warned about would occur in the last days. And then Jesus Christ gave us what was called the signs of the times. And uh, Israel was recently attacked by uh, Hamas. Um, in my book, Are You Ready?, and in my book, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind, I talk uh, about uh, the fact that of all the nations of the earth, only two, only two of those nations did the biblical God enter into a supernatural covenant with. That is the nation of Israel and the United States of America. God entered into a supernatural covenant or contract with both of those nations. So this is. This is where we're going. When you look at the data, you look at the data, you analyze the data, then you make a projection. I'm, I'm slow to say prediction. I'm even slow to say prophecy because the term is misused and abused terribly. I believe in prophecy. I believe in God giving us miraculous supernatural revelation. But I also believe that God gave us a brain and he expects us to use it. And I believe in the authority, final authority of the Word of God. So, this is the critical moment right now that we're in. Because right now, we're in the last days and we're standing collectively on a, a roadway or, or a pathway. And on this pathway, there are millions and millions of people who are traveling down this pathway. And we are all collectively coming to a giant fork in the road where we will either choose to move and continue on the road or path by going down the right side or choosing to go down the path 
on the left side, where the fork in the road, which way we're going to end up going, we choose. But, but God knows the end from the beginning, and God is omniscient, and God knows everything, and God knows the horrific and terrifying uh, repercussions of what will happen to us individually and what will happen to us as a nation if we choose to go down that wrong road. So, all of, of the teaching and the communication is designed to transfer this understanding, to transfer this education, to transfer this knowledge which has come about through decades of study and meeting people and decades of intense research and uh, analysis. I mean, devoting my entire life to this calling. Many of you have devoted your life to other callings. I mean, you can, you can have a secular career, and, and, and that becomes a holy calling. You can have a calling to be a decorator, either professionally and with restaurants and hotels or, or uh, a home interior decorator. And that can be your calling. Whatever God calls you to do, most often in the long term, you're going to want to do it. You're going to enjoy to do it. And, and you're not going to have to fake the passion that will come when you do do it. So the critical thing is that we understand that we're in a fork in the road. We have to decide which road we're going to go down. We need to make that de decision extremely quickly because we are chronologically reaching the point of no return. In other words, we're reaching the point where uh, our fate will be, in a sense, irreversible. We won't be able to, to go back in time and undo all the tragic decisions we made as a nation and as a people. You know, you know how this works, okay? You do. You know how this works. I know how it works. Because you and I, we've all been through this a lot in life, haven't we? Okay, so the way it usually works is God warns you. Your, your inner man or woman warns you. You're warned in conversations with other people, things you read, things you hear. There's, there's an endless amount of ways that God will communicate you and speak to you and warn you and show you what to do. Okay, so you're and when all these things... You're presented with a choice. You're presented with an option of what you're going to do. And so you know ahead of time that if you make the wrong choice, if you ignore the knowledge of God, that where, where you are going or where you're taking your loved ones and, and everybody else, you're taking them all, including yourself, into a very, very bad world, a world that is so bad and so wicked and so evil that no one will be able to tolerate the agony of living in it. Now, when I just said that to you, it, it, it amazed me that what I just said to you kind of matched up very precisely with what a proper definition of hell would be like. You know, the lake of fire burning up in eternal agony. That's the end result. Of all, so so. Let's say you chose to to ignore the communications, the wisdom that God was sending your way, okay? And you knew deep inside that there would be one heck of a price to pay 
but you kept ignoring God and his ways, and you continued to pretend he wasn't speaking to you. You continued to rationalize. You continued to make endless, 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 endless excuses for your complete apathy and your complete disengagement. Pretty serious thing. So what happens is, unexpectedly, back to the clock and the time when I was talking to you the other day about on the cover of Power from on High, I'm standing other uh, standing under a large gold clock that is at a particular time and and above that is this massive American flag draped against the wall and wh- where I am standing is the famous location of of this uh, gigantic super train station in Manhattan so one day I was on my way to the train cell phones you know, when I first started my career, we didn't have cell phones. So one day I was on the way to, to work. So I was going to take the two trains. I got up really early. I had to get up at like 4.30, take my kids to their schools, then go to Orange County, then come back. Then go, you know, It was just like ridiculous. Um, and so um, I get on the train. But before I get on the train, I hear everybody's talking, which is unusual. Usually people in California are isolated. You know, they're not talking. They're not chatty people. Okay. So what happened was uh, I noticed there was like a lot of buzz of activity and something must have happened on the news, some big deal, because everybody's talking about it. People are pointing at their, the screens on their cell phones. And, and then finally I stood near somebody. My cell phone was off or, or the battery was dead or something. Um, so, so I was looking at this person's cell phone screen and I could, I could tell through the pictures, uh, the Twin Towers, you know, the Trade Center. The, the, the dropping of the twin towers, all that, all that stuff, all those visuals, all that emotion, and it, all that emotion and stuff, and it's 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 like like it spreads to me too. I mean, it just hits you. You know, the whole saga of, of the twin towers hits you. And this was on my commute to work, and so uh, by the time I went on air, I had an opportunity to see lots of video, lots of pictures on the internet. And, and and get up to speed on the entire thing with the World Trade Centers. So the key thing there is we were warned repeatedly by very outrageous terrorist attacks against the United States of America that were happening on, on a lower level, but they were massive. Those were warnings to us. Now, I'm not going to try to play general, okay? But those were warnings to us. So the question is, did we heed those warnings from the past? And are, are we ready now? Like my book, are you ready? Are we ready now? Are we prepared now? Or are, are, we, are, are we set up to make the exact same mistakes that we made before? And so we've had the the... Vax COVID 19 thing. We had the Northridge earthquake. We had the Lahaina, you know, meltdown on Maui. We've had, we have the war between Ukraine and Russia. We have our economic system globally and nationally teetering on the edge. I mean, we have so many crises going. It's just, it's staggering. Now, there's an agenda behind the crises. 
people like Michael Aquino, the, the expert in psychological warfare, and people in the military, people who know psyops, etc., they know the dynamics of of how people can be manipulated. History teaches us that, and and so you, the goal is to get everybody in a state of total confusion, panic, stress. The more you can fire up the consciousness of the average man, woman, and child, and put them in their brainwave state into a hyper stress, depressed, anxiety. Uh, uh, you know, certain electromagnetic frequency of brain waves. Uh, they keep, you know, adrenaline, the hormone cortisol. I mean, all this stuff is pounding through you, and so you're walking in in in, in a psychological and physical state of hyper stress that's artificially induced. Now, that is very beneficial for military purposes. If you can use various technologies and various ploys to to whip up the mental and emotional and psychological state of mind of your enemy, you can keep your enemy off balance. And then at the appropriate moment, when you attack your enemy through a strategic offensive, the likelihood in terms of percentages of you being victorious in, in the battle that you're choosing it's going to be directly connected to how effective you've been in destabilizing uh, the the armies of the enemy, and how successful you've been in in putting them in a fear mode, uh, uh, you know, an altered state of consciousness, uh, uh, stress, uh, insomnia, change, you know, changing biochemicals, stressful uh, electromagnetic frequencies. I mean, all of these things can be manipulated. And so when you manipulate all of these things in terms of your cognitive ability, your mind's ability, your emotional ability, when you manipulate all of that externally through a variety of technology and sciences, you then win the battle for people's hearts and minds. Because one thing we all have to understand and learn is that this great battle for the mind should not be misconstrued as this great intellectual battle for the mind. Winning this war is not all about having the best rational, logical argument. Winning this battle doesn't mean, you know, you win more points on the debate team because you exercised all the the, the scoring categories of, of debates. It has nothing to do with how well you've studied your logic, your reason, your your analysis, your cognitive abilities, your right brain and your left brain it has nothing to do with it. Now that is all vitally important. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's vitally important. It's essential, absolutely essential. That that both hemispheres be operating. That you know how to employ the logical, rational, linear, and analytical as well as you do learning how to run that part of your brain, which is more intuitive and creative, but not at all inferior as, as Western civilization demonized, uh, through its ignorance, Western civilization demonized the intuitive side of mankind as being a source of incredible power. So you've got to employ both. And so... You use your logical, rational mind, and then you use your 
uh, intuitive mind, your creative mind, your mind that thinks out of the box. And each of these mental sets or mindsets are the result of the specific EMF or the specific electromagnetic frequencies that you are thinking and operating in at any given time. That's how it's happening. So we analyze, we know history, and what happens is as we're praying to God, as we're crying out to God, which we all should be doing, look, what's happening is is so intense that you, you should question the validity of your salvation. If you're not really crying out to God on a regular basis and asking God to intervene in the lives of your family and your children and our nation and the people he lays on your heart or the people he calls you to pray for, if you're not engaged in, in regular spiritual warfare regarding those things, then I'm going to simply say to you, you need to look in the mirror and seriously question whether or not your personal relationship with Jesus Christ is, is alive or has it, have you allowed it to die? Because you would have to atrophy and become very spiritually dead if you had to come that far to get into the headspace of, like, you can't empathize or feel compassion for, for men and women. I mean, you've been distorted. Okay, so, our entire society is in the middle of a social consciousness revolution, and has been for decades. One of the tragedies that has emerged from that transformation is that we have become very mechanized in our thinking, we've become very machine-like in our thinking, and we, we subconsciously perceive ourselves as advanced machines. And the default of that is that we begin to perceive other human beings as if they were just machines. And so the result of looking at yourself and others as if they were machines is you enter a perception modality in which you you lose your your true god-given humanity you you lose your the agape love of Jesus Christ you you lose uh your your god-given ability to love and to care and to be concerned and and to be compassionate that stuff dwindles away now in order to win the battle spiritually you have to recapture or regain that territory, the territory of your of your life, your spiritual man or woman, which has compassion and agape love and uh, caring and, and ministering to people and creativity, all of that, you cannot allow it to die or become dormant or disappear. If you do that, if you walk down the wrong road in life, you're going to discover with great shock that you have incrementally allowed yourself to become spiritually dead, and then physically dead, but first spiritually dead. Anything of God and the nature of God begins to dissolve out of your life. So you you have to, with a sense of immediacy, recapture what's left of the living nature of the presence of Jesus in your heart, and you have to reignite that presence of Jesus in your inner man or inner woman, so that so that this dynamic begins to unfold, because it's a dynamic based on a principle God established. So right before Jesus Christ uh, ascends into heaven, 
and the two angels are communicating to the uh, disciples about how this same Jesus who, who you see ascending into heaven, this same Jesus will return from heaven in, in a like manner that you saw him go away. In other words, just like Jesus supernaturally left the earth and went to heaven, Jesus Christ is going to supernaturally return to the earth in the last days. And this will be like a, like a staggering miracle. So the critical thing is to understand that the same, the same level of power that uh, Jesus Christ utilized when he performed signs and wonders and when he performed miracles, the same level of power that Jesus used to minister to, to people, the same level of power that Jesus re, uh, released out of his life um, so that he could stay connected to the Father. And then finally, the same power that the Father sent into Jesus so that Jesus literally resurrected from the dead with the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So God the Father sent the resurrection power of Jesus Christ into uh, any man or, or woman that will put their faith in it. And the reason that Jesus Christ was able to resurrect from the dead is because he had the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in him. So after Christ was crucified on a cross, Jesus Christ was supernaturally resurrected from the dead with the supernatural power of the resurrection. Mind-blowing. God makes a way where there is no way. So, so what, what, where is this taking us? What is God trying to say to us? So at this exact moment, God's communication to us in part is as follows. God is saying, you're at the end of the age. I have an assignment and a mission for you. This is the way you will be victorious in completing this assignment or mission. And then God instructs you about how, how to do it. And he guides you, and he, he leads you. And so you understand that, every, that, that behind everything that God has done that is great and miraculous, behind the enigma of how can Jesus Christ do all of these things, etc., etc., is the foundational fact that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, and as such, he... Is the he is the container? He's the earthly container for an enormous, for the fullness and the enormity of the supernatural power of God. So the supernatural power of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, which we invite into our life when we ask Christ to make us born again, we are filled with the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Or what Jesus told his disciples to tarry into in Jerusalem until the Father clothed them with power from on high. So we're to be clothed with power from on high, the supernatural power of God. We're to be clothed with power from on high. That's this supernatural power that's greater than any power in the entire universe. And so the devil is trying to entice us. The devil is trying to conquer our minds as the body of Christ and as individuals. The devil is trying to take territory by using the wiles of the devil, deceit, deception, things of that order. The devil is using a form of psychological warfare because he's attempting 
to destroy us as Christians from within and to destroy America from within. And so, as Aquino was, was communicating with me, the, the number one game in PSYOPs is to so absolutely convince your enemy that there's no hope that they can win in a battle against you and that the only thing they can do to, to survive is to immediately surrender, to give up. So that, that's, that's demonic thinking. And so that is what Satan is inducing his people to constantly communicate to Christians. A message which essentially says, there is nothing, we are far more powerful than you. There is absolutely nothing you can do to overcome us. Nothing. You are defeated before you even start this. Your, your best thing to do would to, to immediately surrender to us. Because there's no way it's possible for you to win this battle. It is guaranteed that, that you will be taken out via this battle. And so you, you snap out of your days and you don't make the fatal mistake of going down the wrong path. So you recognize that the only potential way you can win this battle is not by relying or using on your own, your own strength, wisdom, power, intelligence, wealth. Nothing that you call an asset that you say you own, nothing of that order, nothing that you call an asset, uh, none of that is useful to you in this last day's spiritual battle. Because any battle you, you will be involved in, the victory or the outcome has absolutely nothing to do with, with whatever physical world reality resources you happen to have, how rich you are, how many of this you have, how many of that you have. All of that is vitally important, but it's secondary to what constitutes real value, real worth, and real power. And the only real power that's eternal and lasts is the greatest power in all of creation and all of the universe, which is the supernatural power of God, the supernatural power of Jesus Christ, and that you and I, especially now in the last days, when we could wake up any day at any moment and see that our entire reality, listen, we could wake up, it, the day could change, and in a nanosecond, our entire reality all around us could so radically change that we wouldn't even remotely recognize where we are anymore. We need to mentally steel ourselves and mentally prepare ourselves by deciding beforehand, by praying beforehand, how we would handle the potential, not the guarantee, but the potential of an announcement of such magnitude that, that essentially what was being told to you is that your life as you know it has radically, beyond all scope of the imagination, has radically changed and transformed due to certain events that nobody ever expected. I'm not trying to instill fear. What I'm simply trying to do is give you the keys to the car for a very brief moment and take a very short, very safe little trial run, maybe, you know, around the block or so, a little trial run driving the car of thought and thinking about a remote possibility. The whole thing might take you 60 seconds, and it should take no, no more. All I'm doing is planting the seed, not of despair, not of negativity, not programming you for failure. No, none of that. Simply helping you to understand that this fixed reality that we live in is not permanent. 
It's temporal. And so at a moment only the Lord knows, there could be a radical transformation in the nature of our physical reality world. All I'm saying is, if that day happens, and it may not happen in our day, but if it did happen, ask God to show you how to deal with it. Very briefly, whatever you do, you're not to carry the weight of it. Let God speak to you. Cast the burden of it over to the Lord. Make sure you give it to the Lord way, way beforehand. And again, I'm not even implying that it's set. You know, if God's people would unite in prayer for America and their families in the world, if we simply called on God together on a daily basis, you know, what, five minutes every day, ten minutes every day? If we would do that on a minimal level, we would see the power of God, the miracles of God, the transformation of God come down upon America so fast and furious that it would make your head spin. God is just bursting and ready to move with his power and his glory and his salvation. But he needs us to be participators in it. He needs us to pray with him and move with him, because that's the biblical principle. Okay, so let's do it. Let's not just talk about it. Let's do it. And remember, if you couldn't do it, if God didn't think you could do it, we wouldn't even be wasting our time by talking about it. Because what good would it to be to waste your time talking about something that, that is basically impossible for you to do? It's like idiotic beyond belief. I'm talking about God knows that what we're talking about It is possible for us to whatever degree he allows, it is possible for us to create that transformation in our reality to whatever degree he allows. And so nothing that we live in or live through, no matter how shocking and abrupt it may be to us, nothing that we live in, no reality that we live in, um, is absent of a door in and out, or absent of a door into the resources of the kingdom of heaven in Jesus Christ, or a door that's opened where we can shut it and lock out the demonic and that which is evil. In other words, we have authority. Jesus Christ has given us authority. We're not victims. We're not slaves. We have authority over our reality to the degree the Lord gives us, but we need to exercise that authority by using the mustard seed of faith. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Paul